We kicked off an interesting little topic of discussion last week, and we're going to pick back up with that again tonight where we are considering our future selves. And last week, you know, we talked about this particular season of life that you guys are in. It carries with it a lot of wondering, a lot of curiosity about the things of your future. What's going to happen? How are things going to play out? What am I going to do for a living? Who am I going to marry? Will I have a family one day? Those kind of things begin to come into focus. And we all have our different things that we're looking towards within our own respective futures. But I told you last week, I felt like there were three main areas that we focused on specifically in your season of life. So last time we talked about being future husbands, wives, or singles because most of you are probably anticipating marriage one day. But we also address what to expect if that doesn't become your reality. So tonight, we're looking at another potential future self that you may hope to be one day, and that's a parent. And I know that may seem kind of far-fetched for most of you. It's not even a consideration. For some of you, maybe it is already. And I know this one may not likely be at the top of your priority list currently, but it may at some point be that you want to have a family of your own one day. And once again, we find that Scripture has some things to say on being a God-honoring parent. So let's pour now so we can have some of it formed later. Remember we said last week that what you pour in your present is what gets formed in your future. So we can pour now so it can be formed later because raising builds the next raising. And what I mean by that is the raising of this generation builds the raising of the next generation. I am a product of the generations that came before me and how they chose to raise me underneath or not underneath the teaching of God's Word. In the same way, you guys are going to be the product of the generations that came before you and how they chose to lay a foundation or footsteps for you to follow in in faith. So think about that. It goes so much farther than just yourself. You're raising right now, what you pour now, not just forms your future, but also the presence and the futures of those who are coming behind you, following in your footsteps. And so as we get into this, I want to take a moment, and I want to look at what God says about how he views children. So if you're going to be future parents one day, I think it's extremely important that we take a look at what God says specifically about his view, his care for, his love for children, respectively. And in Psalm 127.3, we find this, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. So right off the bat, we see that God calls children a blessing. They are a joy, they are a privilege, they are an honor. In Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, he says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. So Jesus is doing ministry, and these People are bringing their kids to see Jesus, and Jesus is ministering to those children. And as he's doing so, the disciples kind of get upset about it. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So we see that God loves children, and he rebukes anyone who would hinder them from coming into relationship with him. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. So we see that God knows them before they are even a thought in our minds. So some of you may want to be future parents one day, but before your future children were ever even a thought in your mind, God knew who they were. 
Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16 says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So we see that God considers children to be the work of his own hands. So God has a very, very high view of children. And from the beginning of time, it was God's plan that we, as humanity, have kids. He told Adam and Eve in the garden to do what? To be fruitful and to multiply. So from the beginning, God had it planned that we, as his creation, would be fruitful and multiply and have family. So if your future self plans on becoming a mom or a dad one day, you need to see children and you need to see parenting as a very serious thing. So let me say this, children are never to be seen as a burden. Exactly, Luke. Children are not to be used as a commodity. And children are not meant for your personal recreation. And what I mean by that is, is that you, I'm not saying you can't enjoy your kids. I'm not saying you can't have fun with your kids. I'm saying that your primary motive for having kids shouldn't be the thought of, well, I think that'd be fun, let's try that. That is a wrong way to enter in to that specific season of life because I assure you, you will find out very, very quick at the beginning stages it's not nearly as fun as you might have hoped that it would be when you slept about two hours in the past three days. So children should never be a thought of, well, let's just try that. Never should you be laying in your bed one night with your future spouse and say, hey, you want to just have some kids? Sound like fun. That's not the primary motive, or it shouldn't be, for you being future parents one day. So in light of all of that, here's what we come to. This means that there's purpose in parenting. So let's discuss what that is a little bit tonight. So consider this an open letter to your future self as a parent. Now, I think it must be mentioned that being a parent carries with it massive responsibility. It is a life-changing decision and endeavor, one, in my opinion, that doesn't get treated with equal respect as other life-changing decisions and endeavors of our life. Take, for example, marriage. Marriage is a big deal. Marriage is a major commitment. Would you agree? Most pastors that marry will require some form of premarital counseling before they will end up agreeing to marry you. So, for instance, if some of you decide that one day you found the man or the woman that God has desired for you to spend the rest of your life with, and you decide you want to ask me to officiate your wedding, you're going to have to sit through six weeks of premarital counseling in order for that to take place. So just FYI, we treat marriage very seriously. I treat marriage very seriously. So if you want me to do your wedding, just know beforehand you're going to have to go through the counseling. You're going to have to listen to some things that I have to say because we know that it is a major, major commitment. We know that it should be a God-honoring covenant, one that he put into place. So because of the seriousness of the covenant, we make serious preparations to enter into it. But then when it comes to being expectant parents, it seems like you're just kind of left to figure that out on your own. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have help in your life. I'm not saying that you may or may not want have help from your parents. There are people that are 
around you that can help. There are people who will be in a like season of life that can help you walk through that thing. But the thing is, when me and Ashley were getting ready to have kids, nobody ever sat us down and took us through six weeks of pre-parenting counseling like you would sit through six weeks of premarital counseling. And I think it would be very, very beneficial for us to have that in place, in all honesty, so that young couples could know and have an expectation beforehand of what it is exactly that they're getting into and what it is that God's Word demands of us as God-honoring parents who want to raise God-honoring kids. So I think it goes without saying that to care and provide physically for a living human being is no small thing. And when it comes to godly parenting, it goes so much deeper than even just meeting the physical needs of your kids. And so... To do you guys a favor, consider this just a small little pre-parenting counsel session free of charge. You don't have to pay anything for it tonight. I won't even make you buy lunch for me. Nothing like that. Completely free of charge. No admission to get into the conference. You're here and you're fixing to get it. So consider yourself blessed to have what so many people in my shoes did not have sitting in your seat. As godly parents, here you go, you note takers. If you want a point by point, here it comes. Your child is your responsibility. Family will help. Friends will help. But ultimately, they are yours. So check out Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. God's speaking to his people. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So you are to instruct your kids in the word of God. Number one, your children, your responsibility. Number two, you are to instruct your kids in the word of God. You are to instruct your kids in the word of God. It's not just the responsibility of the church. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go. That's God speaking to you as a mom. That's God speaking to you as a dad. He does not say, train up your child and teach him to go to church so other pastors or teachers can teach him how to obey my word. You train up your children in the word of God. Do not lay that responsibility solely upon future Sunday school teachers or future pastors, future ministers, future counselors, future mentors that God may bring into your child's life. You take ownership of their own spiritual growth and progression. It is your responsibility to train your kids up in the way of God's word. Listen, I hear it plenty and plenty and plenty. Matt Beerhouse, our student pastor, hears it plenty and plenty and plenty. We see it plenty and plenty of times of people who just drop their kids off at this place and leave us to do whatever we will with them so that we can teach them the word and they can go have some free time. That's not it. You as a future godly parent as a man or woman of God have the responsibility of teaching your own kids his word. So moving on. Proverbs 13, verse 24. Let's see, where am I at? It says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. 
So Proverbs 29, verses 15 and 17 says this, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left himself brings shame to his mother. Discipline your son, he will give you rest. He will give you delight to your heart. So it is your responsibility to discipline your kids. This, by definition, according to God's word, is a loving thing. Now, I know we live in a modern day where discipline is looked upon as like child abuse or something like that. And if you spank your kids in public, like everybody's like, oh, my God. God says we do our kids a hatred to not discipline them. It's not to show them love, to refrain from discipline. So it is your responsibility to discipline your kids, and to do so is to show them an act of love. You care about the direction. You care about the attitude. You care about their character as a developing person. So your kids, your responsibility. You are to raise them in the Word of God. You are to discipline your kids. Check out Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Then Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So you ought to be patient with your kids. As godly parents, you ought to be patient with your kids. And it's funny because all throughout Scripture, really the only place you see this and the only person you see this directed towards is dads. Now, how many of you growing up would agree, especially you sons, that, that your dad had a tendency to maybe provoke you from time to time? And it may have been because you provoked him from time to time. It's just kind of one of those natural things that happens inside the home. And so God's word, when it comes to having patience with our kids, really directs it towards us men. Why? Because us men are the first ones to fly off the handle so often. Us men are the first ones to lose our temper, to go berserk, to, you know, I'll show you who's boss. I'll show you who dad. Somebody around here's forgotten who daddy is. So I guess we're going to have to straighten that out when we get home tonight you know we've all been there and we've all done that it's the whole if you don't stop crying I'm gonna give you something to cry about when we get home kind of comments that that kind of go back and forth and so God says to us men don't provoke your kids be patient with your kids now listen to me this is important parents future parents being patient does not mean being passive that's why discipline comes into place sooner or later patience has to meet discipline, if your children decide to exhaust that patient beyond a point in which it should be exhausted to. But you ought to be patient with your kids because, listen, I promise you, they will try your patience. They will push you farther than you have ever been pushed in your life. And you will learn that you can tolerate a whole lot more than you ever thought that you could. You will also learn there are times you have to go in the bedroom and shut the door. And bury your face in the pillow and scream as loudly as you can to let it all out while he sits in the room and plays with his toys because that's a baby. And you can't do to that baby what you want to grab and do with him. Listen, hey, I'm not trying to make light of it, but shaking baby syndrome is a real thing. Why? Because parents lose patience. It's like, stop crying. For the love of God, you've got to be patient, future parents, with your kids. Your responsibility, your job to teach, your job to discipline, your job to be patient. Psalm 103, verse 13. 
As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. You are to be compassionate with your kids. Like I said, they will push your limits, but you are to extend them compassion the same way in which our heavenly father extends compassion towards us when we fail time and time and time and time and time again. How many of you have had lives that have been full of failures? As future parents, your kids' lives will be full of failures as well. And every one of us would do good to remember the compassion that has been extended towards us in the midst of our deepest, most horrid failures. You still love. You still care for. Be compassionate with your kids. Psalm 78 Verses 1 through 4, God says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. You are, as future parents, to proclaim the wonders and provisions of God to them. The way in which he has provided for you, the way in which he has saved you, the way in which he has sustained you, the way in which he has loved you and forgave you and lavished his grace upon you are the same things you are to sit your kids down one day and tell them as well. In the song that we just read, it it says that we will sit down and tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. I think one of the greatest things that you as future parents can do for your future kids is sit them down at the end of each day and tell them just how good God has been to you and your family. And reminisce on all the ways in which he has provided and cared for you. So you're to tell your kids, proclaim the wonders and provisions of God to them. You are to provide for them, but you are also to be present with them. And listen to me carefully, especially you men. Don't let presence suffer in the name of provision. By all means, provide a good, comfortable living for your family if you can do so. Pick up an extra shift every now and then if that's what you want to do and you've got the availability. Wow. And you've got the availability to do so. But listen, if the extra shift that you don't have to have conflicts with the 4 p.m. first pitch, let it go. Let it go. There's always the next day to pick up an extra dollar. But that will always be one last game that you get to see. And I know the importance of having presence and how much it means to me of a family and supportive parents because they were there at everything. My grandparents were at everything. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. And I don't think they would either. So provide, but be present. One other piece of advice. Own your mistakes. There are no perfect parents Just like your kids will fail at times, you'll fail them at times. And when you do, own that. 
Don't make excuses. Don't try and cover it up. Don't try to shift the blame. You own it. Own your mistakes as a parent. Own it when you mess up. If you expect them to do the same, you do the same in return. So own your mistakes. Pray. Parent prayers are powerful. I think especially when it comes to moms. I know so many praying moms, and I've seen the effects of what their prayers do for their kids. So as future parents, pray for your kids. And then this is probably understood, the last one I'm going to share with you, but love. Love them, man. Love them with the fullness of your heart. It's amazing how much love you can have for a little bitty ball of flesh. It's incredible. So if God so blesses you to have that opportunity one day, give them all you got. Give them everything that you have when it comes to loving them. So as we finish up, I want to speak to something that I've contemplated a lot and I've heard expressed from a lot of young parents and future parents, and it's this fear of having or raising kids in a world that we see as progressively getting more and more wicked. So many parents, so many young parents, so many future parents I hear talk about the state of our world and how things are right now and how terrifying it is to even think of raising kids in the midst of all that's taking place within our society and the ways in which our culture is shifting so much further and further into darkness. And can I say those fears are valid? Absolutely. There are times when me and Ashley have laid around at night and thought, man, how in the world are we going to raise our son in the midst of all this garbage that our world is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into? You know, things, things morally that used to be reprehensible that are now acceptable and that you are called out and shamed for if you don't accept them. Now, how are you going to raise a kid in that? How are you going to bring him up in a world that's so hostile to the things of God, so hostile to the Word of God, so hostile to people of God? Those fears are valid. But can I encourage you, the only way that that will be combated is if we have and raise up children of light to go into the darkness. Psalm 127.4 says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Listen to me, guys. The world, ever since sin entered into it, has been wicked. Wickedness in the world is not a new thing. And we seem to act like from time to time that these times that we live in are unprecedented levels of darkness. And they are in some ways. But if you want to see an unprecedented level of darkness, then go check out Genesis and a little grouping of cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. And I can assure you that the issues of the current day are no different than the issues of the past days. And here's what I want to encourage you with is that in the midst of all that, God always preserves a remnant of faithful. And so it is our job not to withhold being fruitful and multiplying because it is the only way that we as God-honoring parents can raise up arrows to be shot as lights into dark places, trusting that God will keep a remnant of faithful to himself. If God is capable of doing all things, and we believe that he is, then he is more than capable of keeping our kids as a faithful part of a remnant unto himself to shine as lights in a dark world. So don't let that hinder you from one day becoming future parents if you so desire. 
Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.